Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. All right, welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Uh, Michigan football fall camp is just about ending. Game week is almost here. We are less than 10 days until Michigan kicks off the season against Colorado State. Appreciate everybody watching or listening. Get this video to 500 likes if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. Um, let's get into some fall camp takeaways uh, as this thing is wrapping up and is, it's crazy. Uh, we get closer and closer to kickoff. Um, fellas, let's start with the offense. I mean, this is uh, continues to be, you know, a, a thing that you feel great about, regardless of what's, you know, going to transpire at quarterback. I think, you know, we all kind of feel at this point the battle will go into the season. Uh, and they'll, you know, Cade McNamara probably with a slight edge. And then you, you know, whoever plays better will play. As Jim Harbaugh has said, it's really that simple. Um, the offensive line should be better in my eyes. You have a lot of talent at the skill positions still. Uh, and I feel like that rotation to me is is still kind of up in the air where they're just going to kind of figure it out on the fly too. You know Ronnie Bell is going to be in there, but the other guys around him, there's enough guys where you could probably rotate a lot. Yeah, the two guys that we're hearing the most about guys are Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson. And you know what? You would expect that of the veterans, right? And yeah. there's a segment of the fan base that always wants to anoint the next guy before his time, whether it's you know, Andrew Anthony or Darius Clemens or whoever. But these are the guys. These are the steady guys. And, and Ronnie Bell is an underrated athlete. He's making plays, making plays on the deep ball. People who say he can't don't really understand how football works and that guys get better and that this kid is a freak athlete. So, and as, a, as the quarterbacks go, you know what? It's amazing to me. There's a segment of the fan base that is so irate that Cade McNamara even has a shot here. And that cracks me up. This is a guy who led a Big Ten championship last year and did one hell of a job for this team and was one of the catalysts in changing the culture. And you're ready to throw this guy into the scrap heap. Well, I have a sneaking suspicion that, you know, if he's not a captain, he's going to be one of the guys that Jim Harbaugh anoints as, as like a, an alternate captain or something like that. But yep. it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's a captain. We know that he kind of took this thing by the reins this summer and in the fall called it his team, and I think his teammates probably feel the same way, even though he is in a quarterback battle with J.J. McCarthy. We have never said that this is Cade's job. We have always said that this is going to be a battle and that J.J. has the license and the ability to take it from him, as Jim Harbaugh would say, right, guys? And so it'll be interesting. But guys that we've talked to in the building that have seen every offensive line since probably 1990 – have said that this line is right up there, fellas, with some of the best that he's seen. That includes the elite lines of the early 90s when Doug Skeen, my podcast partner, and the Wolverine.com analyst was part of that, and the late 1990s line where all those guys played in the NFL with, with the exception of one, and I think even he did, Dave Brandt, for a while. So this is going to be one heck of an offensive football team. Yeah, I'm going to go on a bit of a mini rant here, uh, and it's it's I'm not directing it at any one person, any group of people, not particularly, although it is stuff I've seen a lot of on our message board. So if you're on the Ford, I guess uh, your ears might perk up here. Uh, you know, it seems like any time that any of the three of us insinuate that Cade McNamara is ahead, we take a lot of crap for it. 
and it's you know people will tell us oh you got to take stuff you got to take off-season intel with a grain of salt or you know uh, not not always trusting what mods say or things like that um we're not telling you stuff based on what our opinions are what we think will happen this is coming out of camp i mean you you had Big Ten Network out there last week saying that it's pretty clear that McNamara looks like the guy right now. I think it was Jake Butt on 97 won the ticket last week who said that Cade McNamara looks like the guy right now. So I'm ready for this to be done and over with. I, I'm ready. I, I know it's going to linger into the non-conference um, in terms of the quarterback thing. And and in, honestly, it probably should. Uh, something that Greg McElroy of the SEC Network said this week is that the biggest thing Michigan has going for it in this storyline is that you do have a soft non-conference schedule. No disrespect to those teams they'll play, but um, I'll disrespect them. Uh, they're traffic cones and you're going to have a lot of, a lot of opportunities to get a lot of reps for both of those guys. So whoever plays the best, I mean, I, you know, practice is one thing, but you know, I want to see what these guys do when the games start. And, you know, the assumption always is that if JJ McCarthy is as good as we think he is, or as good as he can be, if that winds up happening, he'll start, he'll play, he'll play most of the games and he'll take the job. Uh, this has never been a program that's played politics with its quarterbacks. This has never been a program that, you know, they're going to put the best guys on the field because, you know, Jim Harbaugh said it last year, the, the position at best is least. Uh, so quarterbacks, we'll see what happens. I would expect McNamara to get that first nod uh, next week as all of us do. Offensively, I can't say anything I hear surprises me right now. Uh, we talked to Roman Wilson this week asking about the wide receivers, what it takes to stay on the field. He said, there's a lot of things you have to do, uh, but most of it is consistency and reliability. So when you tell me that Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson have had the best camp, I'm not surprised by that. They've been here the longest. They're savvy. They're veterans. Um, I actually think Ronnie being back is going to do wonders what for uh, what Cornelius can do, because I think he's probably more of a natural wide receiver too. So offensive line is going to be really good. Uh, running backs, we know how talented they are there. Tight end, I mean, there's talent all over this offense, and there's no excuse for them to not be better than they were last year. It would be pretty disappointing if they were. Yeah, which is crazy to say. And the fact that, you know, there's really not a ton to take away from the offense because we're still in limbo at quarterback, kind of. Um, and there's so much talent there. And, and you pretty much feel good about what's going to, you know, transpire early on in the season. Regardless of what happens at quarterback, you go from there. And as Jim Harbaugh and Matt Weiss have said, the offense will kind of evolve a little bit. So there'll be some wrinkles. But again, like Anthony said, I'm so sick of talking about it or thinking about what's going to happen. And soon enough, we'll be able to figure out what will happen. And we um, do not have a dog in this fight. We do not care if Cade McNamara or J.J. McCarthy starts. We want the best guy. We want the guy that's going to win because it's good for business. Period. End of story. Also, one last remark about those guys who say that Michigan won last year in spite of Cade McNamara. That is still the dumbest argument I have ever heard on a message board on a Michigan message board. Well, he's a Mac level. He's a Mac level quarterback, though. I thought. Oh God. Yeah. All right. Next topic. <laughs> Let's switch over to the defense, where there's a lot more kind of to talk about. I mean, a lot more question marks coming in. So obviously. Uh, they were able to answer some questions. There's still a lot of things, in my opinion, especially the edge rushers. Uh, there's a lot of names there, but until we really see it play out in the game, in the game, and I know guys are separating themselves in practice, but man, I have a feeling a lot of guys are going to play there, and you know, then you pretty much figure out that rotation as you go. Similar to wide receiver, where they're not established, and I'm not saying they have that type of talent, but in terms of, hey, there's a whole group of guys. Let's see who the top two, three, four are. Uh, have an idea of that. 
Um, another couple things. Interior defensive line, I feel like this is much more deep and talented than we thought, not only at the top with Mozzie Smith and Chris Jenkins, uh, but, you know, with the depth guys, a couple freshmen like Kenneth Grant uh, and Mason Graham, who will play this season, which is which is incredible at the line of scrimmage to be able to say that. Yeah, maybe halfway through the year, we saw that with Chris Hinton when he was a freshman where, yeah, about six, six games in, you know, he started to get more run. But, no, they, they're talking – right away for some of these guys and Kenneth Grant by the way wasn't here in the spring so that's a big feat um you know for a guy especially at 356 pounds when you're trying to figure out you know how to play and, and get all the technique down and things like that secondary to me um you know I felt better about it in the spring than I did going into that I feel a little better bit better about it now as well um in the linebackers, you know, you feel about the same. You kind of want to see what kind of strides those guys have made. It's exciting. Uh, just just excited to see that. But um, what, takeaways from the defense. Yeah, a couple things. You've seen guys, right, that Josh Ross was like the highest rated rookie through two games in the NFL, according to profootballfocus.com. That guy was not a bad football player. No. Everybody's saying, oh, we can't wait to get rid of this guy, blah, 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 blah. He's been great in coverage. This guy was a leader. Uh, he was a good football player. He made some plays in that Ohio State game that were next-level plays, and you thought, okay, this guy's going to have a chance to play on special teams. I'm not saying he's going to tear it up, but he's doing some things right. He was a good football player. So that second linebacker is going to be pretty huge. I think Nikai Hill Green can do it. I think Kalel Mullings, I think he's had a lower leg injury, minor, uh, you know, is going to step up there as well. But uh, there are different ways to get to the quarterback, and we've seen this. Last year, everybody talks about how you're going to replace all that and get your sacks. Well, didn't they have the lowest sack total or the second lowest sack total since Jim Harbaugh's been here? Just so happened that they all came from the defensive ends. Mike Elston knows what he's doing as a defensive line coach. He knows there are different ways to get pressure, fellas. And if they collapse the pocket from the inside and force everything outside, I'm fine with that. You know what? I think Mozzie Smith is a bull rusher. You put Smith and Grant next to each other and try to collapse pockets, I think you can go that route. I think they're going to use their linebackers. I think you're going to see Junior Colson used as a pass rusher in several different ways. Plus, I'm writing an article on Iyabi Anoma, the transfer. You know what? He doesn't have to know the whole defense to go rush the passer, and we know this guy has the skills to do that. Writing an article on that for 11 o'clock, so stay tuned on that, although this may not be out by then. So anyway, uh, regardless, we'll watch for that on the site. So we'll read it. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but – uh, and I like the back end, fellas. I think Jermon Green is underrated. I think, you know, if he sees the ball, fellas, uh, when he's always in position, he's got to make plays on the ball. And he's been here long enough, I think, that he can take that next step. I think Steve Klingscale is an elite secondary coach. So, And everything we've heard about the safeties, Makari Page coming on. Rod Moore is going to be an absolute star back there. And R.J. Moten is underrated. So this is going to be a really good defensive football team. As far as the edges go, you know what, hold your own against the run and, you know, see what happens on passing downs and see who emerges. you got a lot of candidates there. Wouldn't surprise me at all if the true freshman Derek Moore stepped up by the end of the year to become a force there. Got a lot of guys, and I think that we've talked about this a lot too, where when you really sit down and think about it, did we have more questions about the defense going into last year's fall camp or this year's fall camp? And when you really think long and hard on it, I think we did have the more questions last year because you had – the new scheme, you were coming off a, a terrible season where everything regressed on the defensive side of the ball. So I look at this team now, and, and yeah, I think Jesse Minter probably has a little bit tougher assignment uh, in, in putting a defense together this year only because, you know, Mike McDonald, as great as he was, at the end of the day, all he had to do was grab Aiden Hutchinson and, and David Ojabo by the collar and see, see quarterback, hit quarterback. 
Whereas now I think they're going to have, you know, you'll be able to send pressures from your second and third levels of the defense. I think junior Colson um, is probably one of the best chess pieces you have going for you. Um, you know, this is a defense that's going to, I think probably throw a lot of exotic looks out there to find ways to get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, Mike Barrett, we saw him in the sub package stuff last year. Uh, what that can do for you at linebacker. So you can move a piece like, uh, like Colson around. I like the secondary Jamon green, you know, a lot of people made a big deal about the fact that he was quote unquote benched last year, but I ha- think that a lot of that had to do with the fact that DJ Turner just came on and he came on strong and he wound up being one of the best cover corners in college football and, and someone who I think has a chance to be, you know, what a Jordan Lewis, what a David long was for the Michigan secondary. I think he's, he's that good and he'll have that good a season. So defensively, I mean, yeah, it's, there are questions about the pass rush. There have always been seasons where Michigan has had some pass rush questions, but you trust you trust the scheme first and foremost. You trust the pedigree of of the program, and you got about the best guy you could have probably hired to to figure that out. And Mike Elston, based on the guys that were available, so I have very little concern about that. I think they'll probably, you know, you're not probably not going to have a ten sack guy on this team. I think it'll be more of a collective and a group effort, but. Yeah, this defense, uh, especially with the cushion it has to start the year, I think they're going to hit the ground running and and you know shut a lot of people up about the questions about them. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And this is defensive end you, right, Clay? I mean, they've been churning them out. They, yeah, they have been. Um, and that speaks to the pedigree as, as Anthony's talking about. I mean, like, like we said, there, there's plenty of talent there. And I was about to say, like, when you think about all the guys there – and you know, doing something for this, you know, looking at the snap counts of everybody on this team. Uh, not many snaps at a lot of positions. Edge is kind of one of them where you had a couple guys rotate in last year with Taylor Upshaw and Mike Morris. But speaking to Anthony's point, like they had two guys where you pretty much can't take them off the field. I know they did with Ojabo on a lot of those running type of downs, but in terms of those big situations where they need to get to the quarterback. So I think things are pretty skewed there a little bit in terms of the lack of stats. Uh, I would bet this team has more sacks than they did a year ago. They ranked about 56th, I believe it was, uh, in sacks per game in the country. So that is – it's not a great number. And it, it, that speaks to what you were talking about, Chris, with, um, you know, many other Jim Harbaugh teams had more actual production from there, but they all came from two guys, program record between a duo and 25 sacks. Um, who, who leads this team in sacks real quick before we move on, fellas? That's what do you a guys great have? question. Uh, you know what? And I've been thinking about this one for a long time. Would it stun you if it were a junior Colson? You know, it wouldn't stun no. me. You know, I guess the safe bet is like a Mike Morris 
And I think yeah. what they're going to do with him in speaking to some people is, you know, what you find the matchup where Mike Morris can excel, you know, which lineman he can exploit the most. Uh, and even if he doesn't get to the quarterback, that length of his, I remember him batting down three or four balls at the line of scrimmage last year when he wasn't playing full time. He's going to be playing more. So that is a weapon, fellas. And I think you're going to see him really step into that role. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it would surprise me a little if it were a Taylor Upshaw. I think at this point in his career, he hasn't really developed that second move yet. But I think Mike Morris had another gear to give. And I think we're going to see that. So I guess he'd be the safe bet. But it could be any number of guys. And you know what? That speaks to two things. Number one, that there's no elite guy that's that's really come out yet. But there are a lot of good possibilities. Braden McGregor, you know, has had a good camp at some time in some points. Uh, rushing the passer from we, what we've heard. So it'll be fascinating to watch, and it'll be fascinating to see how these guys rotate, fellas, in the non-conference portion of the schedule. Yeah, it's the pass rushers and the wide receivers for me in terms of which guy is going to emerge doing what. Those are the two most interesting position groups on this roster right now outside of quarterback. Interesting that you brought up Upshaw. He popped up on the Senior Bowl watch list this week, which I don't know if that's something that Michigan submits or something that the senior bowl just kind of asked for a couple, you know, for guys to look at. Uh, I'm not ruling out a step forward for him. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. Someone that, again, I, I think Clay and I have talked about this before. Someone I think I'm a little higher on the most. Uh, Jalen Harrell. I think he's a guy that you saw come in and spell David Ojabo during the rundowns. I think he's good in coverage. I think that, uh, you know, based on what we've heard, he's he's improved as a pass rusher this offseason. I think if he's able to put together you know, a good, you know, maybe not lead the team in sacks, but if he's able to to rack up enough sacks to where you can leave him on the field at all times, I think that's kind of what the archetype of what they want to do with a guy like Derek Moore is, where you can drop into coverage, you can stop the run, you can rush the passer. Uh, I'm, I'm banking on, I'm not going to put my mortgage on it, but I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm put a hefty sum that I think Jalen Harrell winds up being one of the better players on the defense this year. I actually have Taylor Upshaw as my pick. He has the most sacks out of anybody on the team, and I know that's, that's not saying a ton. He also has the most snaps played, a uh, little bit more than Mike Morris at the edge spot. But I, I feel like he is probably the most proven actual pass rusher. And like you said, it'll be more on the edge as opposed to Mike Morris moving around. And he said that when we got to talk to him a couple of weeks ago, Mike Morris. He said, I want to exploit the weak link on the defensive or on the offensive line. So, okay, well, if I'm up to 292 pounds, I can play about anywhere. And if that's a guard, then you put him over him and, and see if he can go to work. Um, How about a dark horse one for you? Another guy that was on the senior bowl watch list, moved back to edge. Someone that has kind of, I think, sneakily had a good camp. How about Julius Welshoff, too? Keep an eye on him. He's athletic. He's intriguing. Yeah, and he got pressure when he played a little bit more from the interior in 2020 yep. and then kind of fell out of the rotation last year, now made the position switch. And if you're looking for a guy on the roster who I think most physically resembles Hutchinson based on the roster that's out, I think he's at 6'7", 265 or 270 right now. So not saying he's Hutch, but again, just someone else that has been on the radar and someone to keep an eye. It's wide open. I mean, this is way more wide open than wide receiver is. So I'm fascinated by this. And the best news about it is that like last week, Jim Harbaugh said that it looked the same as last year. It, the pressure wasn't coming from two guys, but the defensive line got the better of the offensive line uh, markedly. And, and you know what? As knowing as, as good as the offensive line is, guys, I think that's a big deal. I think it speaks to the level of talent that's on that side of the ball. I think people are sleeping on that. There are athletes all over the place. Again, it's not just us or the Big Ten Network saying it. We have our sources in the building that are really excited about it and really think that this defense can be really good. 
Yeah, speaking of a guy that resembling Aiden Hutchinson, Braden McGregor is another name we haven't mentioned. He's at 261 pounds, six foot six, I believe. That's almost identical to what Hutch was last year. So he, he's a possibility too to come in. I did mention him, by the way, three minutes ago. You just weren't listening. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's <on> me, <laughs> Pay attention, Clay. <laughs> he kind of looks like Aiden, though, too, a little yeah. bit. And you know what? Coming general. off that knee injury, we knew he had potential, you know. So now it's his time, man. You're upperclassmen. You know what? If you don't make the most of your opportunity right now, you're going to get passed up. That's just the way it is. No doubt. Um, so that's offense, defense. Let's talk quick on some freshmen who we could see, especially early on in the season. Uh, Chris, you wrote it the other day that this is a more loaded freshman class than we originally thought. And it's funny because that class kind of flew under the radar a little bit because they closed late and they got these guys where you were excited about them at the end, but they weren't all Will Johnson where you were thinking about, all right, what, what this guy is going to do, you know, when he comes in, uh, Darius Clemens, guys like that. I mean, he's going to play. I think he's probably going to be in the back end of the wide receiver rotation, uh, you know, even in, you know, bigger games. Will Johnson, obviously, we talked about the two defensive tackles, Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, Derek Moore at defensive end, which is crazy. You had those are three guys on the line of scrimmage there. Um, other guys on the back end, I mean, Clink talked about Zeke Barry and what he's done. Keon Sab, he said it's been really hard for him because he's had to learn both safety spots, but that he's doing well, getting better by the day. CJ Stokes is a guy we didn't talk about with the offense where he's gotten better and could potentially be that third running back. Uh, and then on the offensive line, I don't know if he'll play much, but Andrew Gentry is a guy who Jim Harbaugh said if he had to bet on one freshman to play on the offensive line, it would be him. Now he's 21 years old, so it makes a little bit of sense. But coming off of a two-year mission where he had to kind of get back in shape and join the team in the summer, that's not easy. So maybe he could jump into the two deep at some point. But uh, excited about this this freshman class. And with the early season schedule, I think we're going to see a lot of them early. And, of course, they can play those four games and keep the red shirt. A lot of these guys were underrated. Uh, look at Kenneth Grant and where he was rated. You know what? This guy is an absolute freak. Uh, Tyler Morris is a guy that not many people are talking about, right? And uh, this is a kid that has made some plays. And people forgot about him because he got hurt. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, what was the injury? Did he have a knee injury? Yeah, so he tore his ACL yeah. last spring, sat out this spring at Michigan, you know, was limited in contact stuff. But he, yeah, one of our scrimmage observers from a couple weeks ago said, this kid was making plays, and you're like, wow. You know, when Jim Harbaugh talks about the the freak show, he's not talking about one guy of, of those three freshman receivers. He's talking about all three of them. And what a wealth of talent. These last two classes, fellas, are going to carry this program for the next three, four years. We'll see how it works out with NIL and what they do in terms of recruiting going forward. But that is pretty special, what they have been able to do in identifying talent, too. Micah Pollard is a guy that nobody was talking about. And, in fact, there were a couple guys on staff who tried to talk Jim Harbaugh out of taking his former NFL teammate's son, and he goes out there and dominates at a scrimmage and actually leads the talk afterwards. And Harbaugh said, this is the first time that I've done had a freshman do this. And he said, uh, this kid, and he actually told that story about how this kid was under the radar and a lot of people didn't think he was good enough. Maybe he's not big enough yet, but this kid makes plays. And those are the kinds of football players that Jim Harbaugh has won with over the years, wherever he's been. He's identified football players. He and his staff, this kid's going to be really good too. So everywhere, every position, uh, Miles Pollard is another one that, whose name has come up, guys. So uh, I love what they've brought in. They're going to, uh, again, they're going to have to pick it up on the recruiting trail, but these last two classes are going to be pretty special. Yeah, Dury, uh, I, w- I was listening 
I'll have you know. But during your your little segment here, Chris, uh, I did go through and look at the enrollees, and you know, of their top, I don't know, eleven or so guys in that class, I think ten of them are are honestly going to play a ton this year. Um, you know, Will Johnson, Derek Moore, Keon Saab, I see them all, you know, playing somewhat significant roles. Darius Clemens will be in the mix. I think Zeke Barry is going to wind up being pretty good. Uh, people I know who have seen Tyler Morris play feel like he might be the next Ronnie Bell type of guy. Um, Jimmy Rolder, I think, by the end of the year could be playing at linebacker. Colston Loveland, we've heard a ton about. Obviously, Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham are, are in the mix there as well. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is why a lot of times when people freak out that, oh, look at all these three stars or low four stars in the recruiting class, I, I trust their evaluations for the most part. Uh, now this this current class that's a that's a show for another day. That's that's for EJ to do. I think a lot of the guys that they've missed out on have have been NIL related. Where um, you know there is a bit to leave desired there. But this 2022 class and going back to the 2021 class. I mean those are now we're going back to like 2016 2018 levels of impact for what I think these guys will do for the program. So it, it's it's exciting. I think that. You know, more and more, these high school kids are just ready to go out out of the box, and they don't need the two or three years of seasoning. Some of these guys will, and they'll just kind of work their way up, and, and there's always a guy ahead of you when you first get on campus. But the freshman class is going to impact winning, and I, I, I am willing to bet a freshman makes a play that helps you win a game or two this year. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, we saw that last year with, you know, Rod Moore doing some things in two of the bigger games. Ohio State, Colson against State, Rutgers. Junior Colson with the fumble recovery against Rutgers. Mm. Six guys last year burned their red shirts out of that freshman class. What's the over-under on this one? Would you guys take an over seven and a half, six and a half? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. A lot of these guys are going to play on special teams, too. So there's just too much good talent, good young talent there that's not going to want to stick around, in my opinion. So you get them on the field and you prep them for next year when there's going to be some turnover. So – but I love what they brought in. I love the evaluation. And uh, I just love the chemistry and that the culture is back. Two years ago, I wrote in the football preview, or in last year's football preview, I said one of the top goals for 2021 was to get that culture back, and they seem to have it. And, again, guys like Cade McNamara were a huge part of that, the upperclassmen. So, But you see these guys buying in, and you can sense that there are no more turds out there that are playing for theirs or sitting out when they're not really hurt to protect their NFL draft stock. We will not name names. Pretty obvious if you were paying attention, however. So uh, you don't have that now. It's more the team, the team, the team. And I know that's been overused, but that's exactly what's made this program successful for so many years. And, and now that they've got that edge back, I don't see that letting up. Yeah, it's funny. A year ago when we were talking about those types of things and what they had to do to turn it around, people said, oh, you can't go back to that. Turns out those were the principles and the things that really led to success last year. So, um, you know, not to toot our own horn there, but it's it's obvious. It's not even us. It's just Hong Kong. Yep. Yeah, you observe what has happened for decades, decades. Um, I guess I'm. Am I frozen? Yep, you're better. But that's what happens when you do when you do it live. That's right. That's right. Um, Anything else on fall camp? I didn't realize this was live or I'd be more nervous. It's uh, not. 
It's just the showbiz term, sir. Exactly, yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? We haven't even talked about special teams. It might be the best kicking duo in the country, and Jay Harbaugh's special teams have been elite since he's been here. Another reason that we're so bullish on this team, there was a scrimmage in which Jake Moody made like 11 of his kicks and missed one from 50-something yards by a couple inches or whatever it was, a long one by a couple of inches. So this guy, I love this guy, and I love that family. I'll say this uh, forever. You know what? A guy like that, just a, a team guy, to come back, he didn't have to come back for a fifth-year, fellas. He could have gone out and, you know what, been just as successful trying out for an NFL team, but he loves it here. That is what wins championships, fellas. Brad Robbins for a sixth year. I think he's going to have a monster year. Uh, I really expect big things for this team. In the magazine, I think I predicted him to lose one game going into Ohio State. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Michigan runs the table or has a really good chance of it and goes into that Ohio State game setting up an epic showdown with the Buckeyes. That's what I have, too. A.B., anything else? No. Uh, just a, one last thing on on – the culture being fixed. I, I've said, you know, through throughout the first, whatever it was, six years of the Jim Harbaugh era, where there was unfulfilled expectations and, and some disappointing moments that it would just be amazing to see what would happen if they could stay out of their own way. And last year they found a way to do that and, and they stayed poised. I mean, really when you, it's remarkable, the further removed we get from it, this, the poise they showed in a game like at Wisconsin, you know, where you're up big and then, Wisconsin charges back and then you punch them in the mouth in their own building, you know, in the second half, like that's, that was a big turning point for me. And I think that a lot of players felt that way last year too. So we'll see what that moment winds up being this year. Uh, again, I think if they just stay out of their own way, they could roll into Columbus at 10 and one and, or 11 and zero and, and be playing for something again, which you get to that last Saturday, in November, and you playing for a chance to play for a championship. That's, to me, that's the baseline thing that every season is is judged on. So I think they have a shot to do that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, if you put yourself in that position more times than not, I feel like the cards are going to fall your way at, at some point. We saw it last year where finally, you know, they had to win at some point. You know, it's not going to go on forever, and they were able to win. So, no, I think you're totally right. I hope that um, they got a fair whistle that game, too. I might just want to add that. That's true. The guy on the, the – Always the dig at the zebras. Exactly. Well, the guy – yeah, the guy in the back end there, that ref, he didn't make a single call a game, I think. Uh, no. even he, though he, was, flag, he threw a pass interference flag after two were already out. I know. Right. He just had to join in just to make exactly. it look like – Oh, look at me. Yeah. I'm on Yeah, Chris, Chris and Skeen did it inside the trenches uh, on Bobby Sagers specifically. Yeah. So. Can't wait. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's who it was. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, that is going to be our show for this week. We will talk to you guys next week, uh, live show on Monday night, and then this on Thursday. And it's game week. Uh, it is finally here. So can't wait. Uh, drop a like uh, on this video here. Get it to 500. Thanks to Hutch, our producer. Leave a comment as well. And uh, we'll see everyone next time.